Welcome to another episode of the Finance and Property Survival Guide. My name is Damien. I'm a 24-year-old from Newcastle, Australia. When I finished high school, I felt like a lot of my education left out the important things that I needed most going forward. Stuff like getting a mortgage, budgeting, big purchases and investing were never talked about or explained in any great detail. I want the Survival Guide to serve as the middleman for anyone looking to learn about finance and property. Each week I'll endeavour to speak to and learn from some of those in the industry to help break down the details of the finance and property sector. Today on the show, I spoke with David from Money Saver Home Loans about the potential housing supply crisis in Australia, the results of the government home builder scheme, and much, much more. So without further ado, enjoy the episode. First bit of news we're going to cover was the, uh, so the NBA estimated that over the last year, um, more than 245,000 homes will be built. Um, sort of a frenzy that was spurred on by the government schemes that were sort of pushed like home builder. Um, yep. I guess it just sort of confirmed something you thought where I wondered what you thought of the fact they're sort of choosing that they're going to, they might end up extending home builder for quite a while now rather yeah. than um, they might still, it might not be the same amount of funding, but still the same scheme just because of how much bang for the buck they sort of get from it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think like home builder um, has been probably the most successful um, stimulus thing they've done apart from giving people on the dole free money for a year um, because who doesn't love free money but so what happens at the moment we're doing numbers for people um, and it's actually in a lot of cases cheaper to build a house at the moment than it is to buy a house because like with home builder it finished at the end of March uh, 2021 up until 31 December 2021 you got 25 grand um, if you built or did a significant renovation right. and then it dropped down to 15 grand for between 1 January and 31 March. So the scheme's finished. Um, there's no more applications, but then we've seen that the numbers of building approvals has dropped significantly and the HIA is already sort of signalling that, you know, once this the book of work makes its way through the system, that they think the government or they'll be sort of lobbying the government and the MBA to um, uh, keep the scheme going or have a, have a you know, home builder round two or round three or whatever whatever it's called. But, um, yeah, it's been very, very successful. Like most schemes, though, we say to people, if you want to build, that's good. It's good for you, but don't don't build just to get a, um, a benefit. So, yeah. you know, some people probably are building to get the home builder stamp duty exemption and the um, first homeowner grant. So it's worth about you know, 50 grand. Um, live in the place for six of the first 12 months and then rent the property out. Yeah. Not a bad thing to do. But, yeah, strategy, get your strategy right first and then if you get home builder and all those other things, happy days. There was something I spoke about with Shannon Davis, um, who's from HQ Property, for one of the advice episodes we did. And he spoke about... Yep. Um, he felt that a lot of people might fall into the trap of wanting to take advantage of the the scheme, but they're not going to see a significant value. It's not something that's going to add value to the the the, the house. It's uh-huh. more something that they would just want to be renovated. It well, it might not actually end up being that you then earn and that there's another thirty grand added to your house value as a result. Yeah, yeah. A lot of a lot of renovations 
um, like structural or big ticket renovations don't normally add to the value of the property. Right. Um, yeah, usually the renovations that add value are the cosmetic style ones, like, you know, upgrade, you know, an upgrade of the kitchen or bathroom or, you know, repainting, um, you know, pulling carpet up and, and um, you know, sanding the floorboards, painting external, fixing the roof, you know, increasing the street appeal, those sorts of things. Um, I know results mentoring who we do a bit of work with um, and, yeah, I've had um, seminars with them and referred clients to them. Yeah, they they think that you shouldn't. Yeah, if you think a renovation will add say a hundred grand to the value of your property, you don't spend more than thirty on it. Whereas, yeah, a lot of people get a bit carried away. But you know, it's the sort of thing. If you're if you're renovating for profit, it's a bit different to renovating for you know to improve your lifestyle and the amenity of the house you live in. Because yeah, you know, if you're going to stay in the house for twenty years. You upgrade the kitchen and bathroom. That's you know you're going to benefit from that, and you know whether it's more for your comfort rather than as a um, as a money making exercise. But I suppose the thing is is just to be aware of not overcapitalizing. Okay. Um. One of the things was sort of a question I wanted to put to you, but um, some of the people are sort of worried about consumer debt levels and um. The, the housing sentiment has sort of changed over the last couple of months where people are less keen on buying a house right now because they're conflicted at how expensive a lot of housing has become. Um, mm -hmm. A part of this news was that ANZ have actually just cut their marketing for mortgages and they're, they're not advertising for home loan stuff at the moment because they've just had mm -hmm. so many applications. Um, yeah. They've got, they're sort of snowed under. Um, Whereas a few of the economists are talking about house pricing, house prices are expected to keep rising at, for, at least for the rest of the year. I just, yeah. It's sort of a confusing thing to ask, I guess, but do you think because people are spending more on a house than they were maybe two years ago because of how big the, and booming the market's going right now, do you think it, it sort of balances out that the money's so cheap to loan out because you're spending an extra hundred grand on a house maybe, or 200 grand on a house. So mm -hmm. your repayments are still going to probably be high because you've got to pay off a, a higher loan. So the rates lower, but the value of that place is a lot higher than it would have been. Does it sort yeah. of balance itself out in the end? Look, I think, look at the moment, the problem is lack of supply. Right. Um, it's starting to sort of catch up a bit though. You know, we're hearing that, from some of the buyers agents they're saying that people some people have just left the market because they just can't get a place so they've sort of tapped out um i think at the moment you know if you know we've done we've done had some recent um clients who bought property who were looking say two or three years ago and they're buying property worth about 200 grand more um but the repayment is not that much more than what they would have paid two years ago because, you know, two years ago, the going rate was mid to high 3% for a loan. Now it's high 1%, low 2%. Mm. So I think for a lot of people, especially first home buyers, if you are taking on a mortgage, um, seriously think about fixing the rate. Because, yeah. um, you know, we've seen in the last month, a couple of the banks increase their four and five year fixed interest rates. So they're sort of starting to signal rates might be going up in the longer term. 
which, you know, the RBA said they're not going to put up rates for a while, and I don't think they will. But, yeah, there is a way that you can um, you can de-risk interest rate rises for a couple of years by um, locking in a rate for two, three, four years. Yeah. Okay. So you know, you know, you know that you're a repayment, and with some lenders, you can still get a four-year fixed rate under two yeah. percent, which is um, pretty good. Awesome. So if during that period you can pay extra off, either against the loan or just build up a buffer, if when you come off that four-year fixed rate, your your repayments still go up a bit, you might have the money in your in your loan account already or saved up so that you can weather the storm for you know, a year or two. For sure. If there, if there is one, we don't know where there will be. Like, who knows what's going to happen? Yeah, okay. Um, Bankwest, who are a subsidiary of uh, CBA, they ran a survey that I wanted to sell, tell you some of the stats for. Um, yeah. And I don't find it too surprising. I just wanted to see your thoughts on it. So um, 28% of the survey responses from Gen Z said they would prefer an apartment if they would wanted to purchase a property which is double mm-hmm. national average. Um, only 15% of gen- Generation X, which is 39 to 53 year olds, would, would be likely to purchase an apartment. And it sort of showed that the younger cohort were more happy with buying an apartment to get into the housing market as quick as possible, as opposed to someone older. Um, yeah. The low cost of living was sort of a more important consideration for, for the Gen Z cohort rather than the, the yeah. older people. And were more likely to want to get uh, an apartment to get in there, but detached dwellings were more popular for millennials and and baby boomers as well. Sort of wondered what you thought of it. Yeah, look, a lot of the time buying is about affordability. So if you're, um, yeah, we've seen some places in Melbourne going for a hundred grand less than what people paid for them because, you know, they can't get tenants and, you know, some people might have bought a couple of apartments, you know, in inner city Sydney and Melbourne. So at the moment, um, you know, if you're a first home buyer and you haven't been able to buy a house, um, at some point in time, you know, houses might be double the price of apartments at various points in time. At the moment, they're probably three to four times as expensive because everyone wants to buy houses. So, you know, what then happens is that as apartments become more affordable in comparison, more people will, um, you know, will buy them. Um, I'd just be careful with buying an apartment to get into the market because the problem is what you need um, from your property, um, if you want to use it as a stepping stone for another property, it has to go up in value. And if you're in buying an apartment and it's not going to go up in value, you might be better off just renting and then buying property as a rent vester. Yeah. Now that might be might be the better thing to do. Or you know, buy an apartment for sure, but as soon as you get into it, make sure you've got enough cash spare to then buy an investment property. Because you may not get the, yeah, you know, there may not be much long-term growth in apartments um, for a while, I don't think. Yeah, okay. And one of the other things we're gonna chat about was um, there was a list of like the top 10 in-demand suburbs for uh for australia and um a lot of the names that were sort of thrown around were not re were not city areas they weren't suburbs Mm -hmm. to a city they were actually all um more regional areas so half of the top 10 were the demand suburbs were actually in victoria but were regional so morning peninsula mount martha frankston's not too far from the city 
Um, yep. But yep. it's still a bit out there. Mount Eliza, Mornington again, and Rye. So Port Macquarie was in that list too. I do know Port Macquarie has been going pretty well as like yep. a regional exodus suburb, as, uh, as Terry Ryder would say. So it was just interesting to see that, again, like I, something Simon Presley spoke about with us when we did the podcast with him was that the cities are not, especially Sydney and Melbourne, are not faring as well as everybody yeah. else. Um, the vacancy yeah. rates are pretty crazy here. They're pretty high in Melbourne. They're higher than Sydney. Um, yeah, that's pretty. Easy. And yeah, people. The no, there's you know, people just getting out of the cities, and it's um, whether it's a long term trend or whether like people have always moved out of the city as they've got older, and or you know people who are you know finish uni might have worked in in Sydney or Melbourne for a couple of years and then thought you know this is not for us so they move out you know like we did when we moved to Newcastle all those years ago yeah. um so yeah people have always moved out of the cities but there's just been more people moving out over the last couple of years and I think with with lists like this always I'm not sure where the lists come from um and how they got their numbers whether it was based on like yeah, views of real estate or, or whatever it was, but yeah, always have a look at the fundamentals of a, of a place. Like somewhere like Frankston is always is always probably going to go well. So same with Rye because they're um, yeah, Rye well, Rye's I think an hour and twenty from the city, and Frankston's probably about forty five minutes from Melbourne. Um, Wollongong also, you know, if they ever fix the train line up properly between Wollongong and Sydney at a gay gangbusters, Port Macquarie's always been very very popular but it's always sort of more been known for uh, retirees rather than you know families but yeah there's definitely a lot of people on the move and um i know um gusham dashdot talks about you know look at the infrastructure look at the lifestyle and look at affordability and that sort of if you look at those sort of three things when you're looking to buy an investment you're probably not going to go too far wrong yeah it's fair um, last thing we're going to cover for this episode was some of the, uh, I think it was out of Terry Ryder actually, or it might have been Open Corp, um, speaking about common mistakes property investors make that I just wanted to sort of list out and get your take on. Yep. And it's something that we'll harp on about with, um, I remember speaking to Kate Bacos and we were talking about putting the money into getting a buyer's agent if you're trying to get a home for an investment is probably worth the money. Um, yep. it's usually worth like taking that stress off your mind of trying to buy the house yourself. And often Kate will go to auctions on behalf of someone and, and buy a house at, on their behalf at an auction. So there's yep. sort of the emotion taken out of it. Um, mm -hmm. Some of the mistakes were just free advice, like taking advice from friends and family who might not understand all of the risks involved. They may have just you know, read a couple of not read a couple of books about it, or read a few articles that think they've got a better idea of it. When it's probably better yeah. to go to a pro, sort of like if you have, mm -hmm. if your car's broken down, you're probably going to go to a mechanic, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, you want your you want your hair cut, go to a hairdresser rather than let your wife do it. <laughs> um, or your I'm, son. Or the, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty good at the haircut. Um, yeah. You want to go, sorry, you've spoken. Yeah, about I is the close to home one, Dave, like buying mm. close to home, you might make an emotional choice rather than an objective one if you're trying to invest. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that, that's the thing, like, I suppose, suppose the thing is like, 
you know, like most things, you know, buying a house is quite a big uh, investment, especially if you're, um, you know, if, and we've, we've talked about how buying a place to live in is a different decision making process to buying a place as an investment. So with, um, I'd say if you're looking to buy an investment, um, you're probably better off going to a buyer's agent if you're going to use one that looks nationally rather than one that is sort of, um, you know, will just look in their local area because, you know, the local area they operate in may not be the best place to operate in. So I'd always, you know, we always recommend, you know, people go to Propertyology or Dashdot or, or Property Buyer. But if you're looking to buy a place, um, to live in, yeah, you're probably going to be better off getting a buyer's agent to help you. Um, they'll help you narrow down what you want and what you don't want. Um, also help you with the process, do, you know, buy the property, organise the whole thing. So, yeah, a common mistake we see from people is buying close to where they live, which is a lot of people, which is what just a lot of people do. You know, they're familiar with an area. Um, they like the area, so they assume everyone else does. Um, yeah, you might be lucky and you might get it right. You know, if you bought if you bought a place in if you bought a property near you in 2018, 2019, you're probably looking like a genius at the moment because everywhere's gone up. Um, and there's that old saying that um, a rising tide lifts all ships, but you've got to be you've got to be more concerned with what happens when the tide goes out. And the tide will go out. There will be a property correction. There always is. Um, it can't keep going up forever as it has been over the last six to nine months. I just can't. So um, it's just, you know, eventually the market will run out of steam. There'll be more listings coming on, which is happening now. Uh, interest rates will start tweaking up. Um, yeah, it's going to happen. So just, just, you know, make sure you're getting good advice and that the people you're getting advice from have your best interests in mind, not, not their own. Yeah. Um I guess that was that for this episode. Was there anything else you wanted to cover or do you want to just plug where to find you and how to get in touch? Yeah, so usually we release this on Thursday and it won't be released till Sunday. Um, that's mainly due to the Eurovision Song Contest. So um, all my advice to people, if you're betting on Eurovision, always go with a favourite. The book, he's got it right again this year with Italy. Um, good to see a rock song back on top, which was good. Um, but didn't help me with Finland, even though we got on at 27 to 1. And this morning they were 10 to 1, so we had very high hopes, but no good. But, um, yeah, if you need help with um, finance, uh, Money Saver Home Loans on Facebook, um, drop us a line and we'll help you or at least help put you in touch with the right people and um, help you try and make an informed decision that's going to be good for you financially in the long run. So... Happy to help anyone all around the country. We've got clients everywhere except in, we don't have a client who's buying in Darwin, but we do have a client who's in Darwin at the moment who's looking to buy in Brisbane. So we can say we're truly national now, which is um, a good thing. That's pretty cool. Well, yeah, um, that'll be it for this one. And uh, yeah, see you next time, I guess. Okay, take it easy. <laughs>